Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 232 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is a review of OFAC's enforcement action against S&P Global. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Um, hope you're doing well, staying safe, healthy, and uh, we uh, continue to sort of watch the uh, situation in Ukraine and the bravery uh, and the just unbelievable spirit of the uh, Ukrainian people. Today, um, I wanted to sort of drill down into a recent uh, OFAC announcement of a settlement with S&P Global for $78,750 for violations of the Ukraine-Russia sanctions. Now, I mean, it's not a huge case. It's 78000 in the context of a multi-billion dollar company, but um, there are important lessons to be learned, uh, particularly with regard to uh, handling debt issues, uh, which can be very specific for uh, menu-based sanctions limitations. For example, when uh, there are certain designated entities for the call, you can call them sectoral sanctions or more uh, more technically correct is uh, sort of menu-based uh, restrictions on types of transactions. And how do the debt equity uh, and equity limitations and restrictions, which relate to maturity dates or timing dates, um, how do you stay in compliance uh, with regard to those issues? So it's also the timing of this case is interesting because uh, prosecutors uh, and regulators have been, you know, scouring their files for any enforcement actions they could bring, criminal, civil, for violations of the 2014 Ukraine-Russia sanctions program. Remember, this was uh, the initial round of sanctions that was uh, implemented in response to the annexation of of, um, Ukraine. in the annexation of uh, Crimea. Uh, the message being sent is clear, and DOJ and all the regulator, regulators, OFAC included, have said do not violate any sanctions against Russia, whether the initial round of restrictions in 2014 in response to the annexation of Crimea or the broader set of sanctions which were recently implemented and have been recently implemented and continue to be implemented in response to Russia's broader invasion of Ukraine. So uh, the reason that uh, OFAC released this, because they haven't, they've only released two enforcement actions for the entire year, and they've been obviously incredibly busy with the Russia sanctions, and I imagine that uh, they have cases that are ready to go, but I think they pulled this one out for that specific reason, Uh, to send uh, some message with regard to the Russia sanctions program that's currently being implemented. They also, uh, and I had done a podcast about this, brought a criminal case against Jack Hannock uh, for violation of the sanctions, and they just recently added in the the Russian um, uh, oligarch who was involved in that in a separate criminal, I mean, they brought that person into the criminal case. So we have many examples, uh, but let's take a look at this one because uh, this was a case where OFAC uh, announced this settlement and the, the S&P Global, as you know, is a rating agency. Uh, it also uh, issues lots of reports and industry 
type of reports uh, in various sectors of the economy. Obviously, one of the leading companies uh, in this uh, field, if not the leading company. And S&P's violations occurred in the context of an acquisition of Petroleum Industry Research Associates, Inc., and we'll call them PIRA. And so during the fall in, of 2016, S&P integrated PIRA's business after the acquisition, obviously the closing, including its ongoing contracts with, and here's where we get into the issue, JSC, this is joint stock uh, company, Rusneft, uh, in, into SPG's uh, operations, SPG being S- S&P Global. Rosneft, which is Russia's largest oil company, was placed on OFAC's sectoral sanctions identification, the SSI list, on July 16, 2014. Under Directive 2, all transactions or other dealings in new debt of Rosneft cannot exceed 90 days maturity. So uh, SPG's violations occurred when SPG and Pyra, Pira reissued and redated multiple invoices and thereby extended credit to Rosneft in violation of OFAC's debt restrictions against companies included on the SSI list. After reissuing four invoices to extend the original payment dates, SPG accepted payments for these invoices totaling $82,500 from Rosneft. So this is the interesting issue that comes up all the time with regard to the debt restriction is, are your accounts payable? Your, for example, are your, is your billing and your invoices, what payment terms are included? And if it involves a SSI or anybody subject to the menu-based restrictions, on debt timing, you have to make sure that the payments are due within that time period and not only due, but received within that time period. It is illegal to receive a payment. Let's say it's on the 91st date. It would be illegal to receive the payment on the 91st date. So um, let's go back in time, take a look, dig into this a little bit more. It's an interesting set of facts. Um in April 2015, prior to the acquisition, Pira issued an invoice for $82,500 to Rosneft related to an ongoing subscription service that offered uh, advisory services and market analysis. The original payment due date was October 18, 2015. Rosneft attempted to make payment for this in- invoice in May of 2016. So that was uh, at least uh, seven months uh, for them to, uh, to uh, bring that up to make payment for this invoice. Pira's uh, bank rejected the payment. Rosneft then notified Pira of the rejection on June 2nd, 2016, noting that the rejection occurred because of the quote-unquote sanctions program, and Rosneft would try again. Later that month, Rosneft attempted the payment again. Pira's bank requested additional information from Rosneft, but Rosneft did not respond to the bank's inquiry. So to address the situation, Pira uh, requested that Rosneft pay the amount due by check. Rosneft acknowledged to Pira that the payments were, quote, returned by the bank 
because of sanctions po- policy, close quote. Rosneft asked Pira to contact its bank. Subsequently, SPG's employees, now the acquisition had occurred, former Pira employees now uh, were SPG employees after the acquisition. They reissued and redated Pira's August 2015 invoice with a new date of August 26, 2016, 374 days after the invoice was originally issued. SPG management indicated the importance of timely payment and warning, and in a prophetic way, that, quote, when the payment is made against an old invoice, as recent ones were, the bank may perceive that to be extending credit to a Russian company, which we cannot do by law, close quote. In October 2016, Rosneft paid SPG Global 55000 by wire transfer in partial payment for the original 82500 invoice. During the next month, on November 22, 2016, SP Global uh, reissued the original August 2015 invoice once again, 462 days after the invoice for the debt was originally issued, creating two new invoices of 13750 each, which is the balance due after the first payment of, of uh, 55000 both with payment due upon receipt. Rosneft sent a $13,750 payment for one of these two revised invoices on December 29, 2016. As of August 2017, Rosneft still had not paid the outstanding invoice amount uh, from the split of the, the remaining amount into the two invoices of $13,750 to SP Global. S&P Global then reissued and redated a fourth invoice for Rosneft, dated September 5th, 2017, 749 days after Pira had issued the original invoice. On October 6, 2017, Rosneft finally paid the last amount due of $13,750. So each of the above recited transactions violated Directive 2's prohibition on issuance of new debt with a maturity period for longer than 90 days. Now, SPG did not voluntarily disclose the conduct. As noted uh, by OFAC, SPG failed to exercise a minimal degree of caution or care by redating four invoices to extend the applicable due dates. SPG implemented remedial measures to enhance its compliance program, creating more robust training, adding periodic testing to invoices involving uh, SSI list entities, and adding staff to manage sanctions issues. OFAC noted that the enforcement action underscores the importance of U.S. companies conducting due diligence and actively extending uh, compliance programs to newly acquired businesses and their employees. Here, obviously, SPG acquired PIRA, and did not make sure in doing sort of a thorough due diligence or monitoring of transactions, um, yet again, another enforcement action arising after an acquisition. After a company, and OFAC further said, after a company acquires another company, the acquiring company should 
closely oversee, in quotes, their new business elements to identify any additional sanctions-related issues. Anyway, an interesting case, uh, and uh, remember again, the invoice, uh, the invoicing of payable amounts has to comply with new debt uh, restrictions, and number two, the payments have to be made uh, within that time period. Otherwise, and we've had situations like this come up where we seek a license to complete a transaction or, you know, if you're in the middle of a transaction, uh, so be careful uh, with that and make sure that you don't uh, make a payment outside of that date or receive a payment outside of that uh, date deadline. Uh, it's something you have to track and make sure of. And whatever you do, obviously, don't redate invoices to bring to try in an attempt to bring them into compliance uh, with the uh, with the debt restrictions and time restrictions so an interesting case uh, to me it means uh, be careful not only from the Ukrainian sanctions but obviously be careful with uh, the certain restrictions debt restrictions that exist right now on a number of uh, financial institutions. Uh, and a number of other types of companies, state-owned companies in Russia. So thanks again uh, for listening, and we'll see you next week for another episode of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Thanks again. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com.
on a hazy day, he got really hurt. He ran under the lake in just his socks and a shirt. Me and Crazy Jenny was making love in the dirt, singing our birthday songs. Janie said it was time to go, so we closed our eyes and said goodbye to Gypsy Angel Row. Felt so right together. We